Hi, and thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we talk about the Lions' loss to the Green Bay Packers, the Michigan State's 2020 Big Ten conference-only schedule, and then the boys and I rank our top five favorite memes. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code BACON to get 20% off and free shipping. You'll hear more about them later. But for now, here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not becoming a cog in the capitalist machine, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. Guys, what's going on? Not much. Excited for a great show today. I think we have some uh, great topics as well as potentially some exciting news. A lot of discussion going to happen again today, just like last week. Uh, yeah, so let's talk. Let's get the Lions talk out of the way first because I don't want to spend much more time on these fucking assholes. So I'm at the point now with Detroit where I'm like a like a democratic strategist where I'm trying to play 8D chess, trying to figure out what's the best way to get the number one pick in the draft, right? If we fire Patricia at the bye, then Bevel or whoever takes over for the team might actually be competent enough to like close out, close out enough games to get us out of range for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But if we keep him, then we're just stuck blowing double-digit leads and being embarrassed week after week and having national sports reporters say, oh, I feel so bad for Detroit fans. I just feel so bad for them. Like, we're, like we have a fucking cleft palate. <laughs> so, what? you know, that... I'm not interested in recapping the game. It was a fucking embarrassment. You know, I'm quoting the co- the hockey coach from Letter Kenny. Fucking embarrassing. Uh, Brett, what were what were you thinking as you watched that lead slowly turn into a blowout? I'll be honest. My TV was on NFL Red Zone most of the day as I was tracking my dominant fantasy football team. But when I did have the Lions game on. I mean, it was inevitable it was going to happen. I mean, Lions opening drive is certainly impressive, but just kind of knowing what you're going up against as well as who is leading your team coaching-wise, um, it was, as Thanos would say, it was inevitable. And it was just more of the same. I think I saw a stat that Matthew Stafford has rushed probably, I think it was 47% of his dropbacks, and Aaron Rodgers, the number was close to 2 2%. Um, so you, you refused to rush the passer – you refuse to scheme in a way that is beneficial to the marginal talent that you have. And you don't control the clock on offense because you refuse to do the things necessary to keep your defense off the field. So it's just a combination of just a lack of talent, which goes on Bob Quinn, just horrific coaching that is maybe the worst we've ever seen in the city for football wise. Um, I'm sure we can discuss that some other time of where Matt Patricia ranks. Um, and then the last thing is just that this franchise is just, they don't cultivate winning. They're, they're, they're afraid to put a product on the field that can win championships. They just want to go by this company mantra of be uh, just company men. They want to hire just good people. They want to sign good people as players. Um, 
it just I, I don't really know what more to say. Uh, just it's just typical Lions football. Lucas, you actually saw your team win on Sunday, but you know I, I assumed you did watch at least part of part of the Lions game. Um, yeah, I watched my father-in-law again, and um, he was much different this week. You know, when I came over, I'm like, oh. Hopefully they put up a fight, and he's like, no, they're going to get fucking smoked. And, you know, they went about 14 to 3, and he, like, you know, kind of did a clap here and there. But when it was 14 to 10, you just you just knew. I mean, everyone everyone in the Lions fandom knew. It's it's really – it sucks for people like him and, like, for you you know, you guys and, you know, the hardcore Lions fans. You know, I – I have, you know, my Rams are 2-0, and but, like, I don't get to watch them. The only time I'll let, watch them is red zone. Let let me be clear. Uh, that was a shitty Obama impersonation, but uh, let me be clear. clear. I do not feel bad for hardcore Lions fans. They deserve this. They Some absolutely they, – they asked, they asked for this. They, they, they were on Twitter all offseason just saying, guys, we need one more year to get the Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia system installed. There, the I mean, there, there's a difference between Lions fans like us, where th- there is some rationality behind us being fans, uh, and also being able to be realistic. And then you have these North Korean citizen fans who just buy into whatever spews out of Allen Park. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Kool Aid, I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. Um, but they asked for this, like SD said. They, they, they begged for this. They, this is what they wanted, and they deserve every. Every painful moment that comes out of the season, they deserve it, and I will. I will take so much joy in watching them suffer. Every cent that those assholes give to the Fords, whether it's through merch, through cardboard cutouts in Ford Field, through tickets, through buying food at the concession stands at Ford Field, they deserve this, right? Mm-hmm. My time is more or less worthless on Sundays. So I'm more than happy to like be entertained and figure out how the lines are going to blow this game. But I'll be goddamned if I give the Fords a cent of any money I have in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And the pandemic helped because these fans, they're not able to go to games and buy all that stuff. So you, that, but I, that kind of defeats the purpose because Maybe this is the one time that they could make their case known that they don't uh, tolerate what's going on, but they can't because they're not allowed in the stadium. If if you're not winning in the NFL by year three, you're fucked. I mean, maybe some teams even year two. If you're not winning in college by year three, you're fucked. If you're not yeah, winning in I, the NFL, if you're not winning in the NFL by year two, you should be sure. gone. I mean, you don't need the time you need in college in the NFL. You should just be able to get the players you need through free agency and the draft in order to be successful. Exactly. And all Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have done is run off talented people because they didn't fit some bullshit culture that they were trying to build. Do you know what builds a culture? Fucking winning football games. That's what builds culture. Not practicing outside in the snow when you play in a dome not not being a dick to the media that doesn't build culture that's just being an asshole mm-hmm. winning builds culture like 
I I laugh at the the hardcore Lions fan Twitter that we're you know calling out. Like this one guy got into it with me earlier today. He's like, I'd much rather ride it with Patricia, or I'd much rather yeah I'd much rather ride it with Patricia. I'm like, well you fired Caldwell because you said nine and seven wasn't good enough. This guy hasn't even sniffed nine and seven. Like when when is the standard gonna change? Like are you gonna fire this guy and go? you know, three and 13 is enough. And what if the next guy goes, zero and 16, like it's, it just boggles my mind how they, the lines, the lines brass and Patricia dump this slop into a trough and these guys eat it up. I mean, here's the, here's, here's the problem. The lines right now are on an 11 game losing streak, stretching back to last season. They have lost four games in which they have held a double digit lead. Four games in a row in which they have held a double-digit lead. And I don't know whether firing Patricia at the bye or at the end of the season or after week 10 is going to fix the long-term health of this franchise because Valeni on Monday pointed out this quote-unquote nightmare scenario where the lines are bad enough to pick number one and both Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields decide that they want to go back. They want to go back to school, which isn't going to happen because that'd be great. <laughs> well, Lawrence might go back to school because Dabo has built a fucking death cult in yeah. in Little Clemson. He's got that drip. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> but but really, unless a boosters is going to match their NFL signing bonus, they're not fucking. They're not coming back. They're gone. So I think the real nightmare scenario is that Quinn fires Patricia at the bye, and that buys him enough goodwill with Sheila Hamp Ford and Lions Brass to get him one more year, and then they hire Salah from San Francisco. Yeah. I've been saying this in – I've been saying this amongst various group chats I'm in, but that's the actual nightmare nightmare scenario because you already know that there's some marketing dickhead in Allen Park on a Zoom call with with Sheila Hamp Ford right now going, if we hire Salah, we can hire him cheaper than we would have to hire someone like Greg Roman. And he's a hometown kid, will get great press, Plus, we'll be able to say we hired the first Muslim coach of the NFL. And you know what? Diversity is important, especially in coaching, right? And I'm sure wherever Salah goes as a head coach, you know, he'll be mildly successful. But he will fail in Detroit. Don't get it twisted. He will fail if he comes to Detroit. You're going to fail in Detroit, in my opinion, as long as the Fords own the team. I mean, I don't – I think you can hard. find somebody who can fall into success. Yeah, like that's – I don't even want someone to be successful. I want someone to fall ass backwards into success. How does a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars fall ass backwards into two AFC championship games and we can't even get a playoff spot most seasons? Like that's what – I don't even want to contend for Super Bowls. Like my expectations – are that low. Like, I just want to like have, I don't want to be the afternoon wildcard game on Saturday. 
That's all I want. The 4 p.m. wildcard game. I want to be the 8 p.m. game on Saturday, or I want to be the afternoon game on Sunday. That is all I want. And it feels like I'm asking for the goddamn moon. The problem is timing, you know, if you think about it. Like, Rodgers, I mean, he seems rejuvenated. But, you know, we'll wait and see until he plays, like, tougher competition. I'm not trying to bash. Well, sure, I am bashing him because the Vikings are probably going to be ass. And the Lions are going to be asked, but you got to think, okay, you know, and the NFC West is starting to emerge again. Like you've got, you know, Goff is solid. He's not great. He's solid enough to get them to a Super Bowl. He's done it before. I'm not saying he won it, you know, he got there on his own. Uh, Kyler Murray's looking like an MVP candidate. Russell Wilson's doing Russell Wilson things. And the 49ers, they're too hurt. But, and like, you never know what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins after a year or two. And like, you know, Stafford might be losing his touch. I hope he doesn't, but it's just like, it's always poor timing. Like when, when the lines might be able to peak with like a really good quarterback, there's always someone in the division or in the conference close enough to just wreck their shit or or put a, put a wrench in in their plans. And I, I don't even want that kind of, I don't even want to win the division. I mean, I do want to win the division, right? But, like, I'm just talking about being in a position where we can go into a wild card game and not go, okay, how are we going to get shit pumped? You know what I mean? Like, and saying, like, the Lions are never going to be good as long as the Fords own the team is just, like, such a useless such a useless sentiment to have because the Fords are never going to fucking sell the team. That side of the family doesn't own any part of Ford. They're not on the board. They don't make any decisions. The Lions are the only in the Lions and Ford field are the only profit are the only assets they have. And the, and the NFL is the only asset that is constantly appreciating. So the lion, so the Fords aren't going to sell their only appreciating asset. So it's just kind of like asking, it's kind of like asking a homeless guy to sell his shopping cart. It's just never going to, it's never going to fucking happen. Right. I mean, you, you could land into a GM who is solid enough to convince them to spend the money where it is or hire a team president who didn't, who's run more than just a museum or whatever the hell Ron Wood has been running before. The old-timey baseball games at Greenfield Village. Well, it's, I don't even think it's necessarily about spending money because spending money for agency is almost like fool's gold. It almost never works unless you sign just, like, one guy for a cheaper deal. You have to draft well, which the Lions don't do. You have to retain your talent, which the Lions don't do. And then third, you have to somehow develop these guys into being worth a second contract, something that they don't do. So those are the three keys to kind of building a great roster. And the Lions are just incapable of doing any of those. Like we saw, uh, not this offseason, but 2019, when they went out and gave uh, Trey Flowers that massive deal. Uh, they've done it with Rick Wagner. Jesse I mean, they've, they've gone – yeah, Jesse James, disaster. But, I mean, they've gone out and they've spent money. Uh, one offseason with Martin Mayhew, we signed Glover Quinn and Golden Tate for really reasonable deals. And those are two probably the two best free agent signings in Lions history. But – the fact remains is that you have to 
develop your own talent and get sign them younger so you get them a little bit cheaper and then just kind of keep the system rolling but just they don't they don't do it they they've never had a gm because if you look at it you had matt mellon and then martin mayhew was a disciple of him so you're basically getting just an extension and i mean martin mayhew's made some good draft picks but he struggled uh with different various other things uh but really, and then you get Bob Quinn, who has no experience whatsoever. Then he comes in here thinking he's the second coming of Bill Belichick, and it's worse than Matt Millen right now. Yeah, I just – and it it's not even worse than Matt Millen. I mean, right now, Matt Patricia's doing worse than Rod fucking Marinelli. Yep. Oh, not even close. It's not close. He's and way worse. There's no end in sight. I mean, we got to – now the Lions have to go to Arizona on Sunday and – that defense somehow has to stop Kyler Murray, who is lighting who is lighting the league on fire right now. Good luck. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have holy shit. Oh, uh, poor Jeff Akuda. I yeah. mean, he played horrible, but I can't this even. Is gonna oh, be- that's another thing too, right? So we hire this guy because he's def- he's this defensive guru, right? He called one of the best. He called quote unquote one of the best plays in Super Bowl history. And then he takes a, a rookie cornerback in his first game ever coming off an injury. He, this Jeff Okuda has had no preseason experience, mm-hmm. no OTAs, a truncated training camp. And then you put him on the, the Green Bay Packers number one receiver, who is a top 20 receiver in the league, catching balls from a top five quarterback. Yeah, he's probably top what five wideouts. What the wide fuck out. are you doing? I don't blame him. Combine that with zero pass rush. Yeah, and then you combine that with the fact that the Lions couldn't get pressure on a Pop Warner team. See, that's what bugs the shit out of me because I bring that up with my father-in-law. I'm like, where the fuck is this pass rush? Like, it's not hard to rush the quarterback if you can do – like, you can get guys to run after him. And, you know, Rodgers had – he could have put in a DoorDash order by the time he'd throw the fucking ball. And like, and my father, I was just going, well, that's, you know, he just like, he's, he's given up on Patricia. But he's like, he just doesn't have the guys. I'm like, no, probably cause Patricia fucking sucks. Well, his scheme doesn't value the pass rush. No, it's not as much shit out of me. When, and you, when I, you play seven, seven nickel bad cornerbacks. I mean, and I don't even, I can't even comprehend hand having a defense that doesn't, like value the pass rush in the modern NFL. I just fail to understand how you could, how you could, how you could run a defense like that and still get hired. And Lucas, you wrote this today in your NFL recap on baconwire.com shameless plug that, <laughs> that you would like to see Patricia like suffer because in yep. part of you was right. You know, you said it. it. You, just, you said it right. You said it best. Patricia doesn't deserve to get fired into the bye week and then go be an analyst in New England, get paid on top of his severance or exit bonus, whatever his, right. whatever his clause is in his contract. Or like the difference between the two or some shit. Yeah, and then get to go on a deep playoff run. No. That's not, you know, there's, there's very little justice in this world. Let, <laughs> let me say that. There is... There's incredibly little justice. In, he doesn't in this deserve world. shit. Like he's 
Now, do I think they're going to go 0-16? No fucking way. Unless Stafford gets hurt, then all bets are off. But um, I, I was, you know, I, when we were talking over the weekend and, you know, the Lions chat and all that, I'm like, you know, Patricia, my first draft of the article was like, Patricia needs to go in two weeks. He's got to go. And my tweet, you know, that's banging with the, the uh, fedora tip guy. Um, but I was listening to, I think, Valeni, or, or it might have been, yeah, Valeni had Dave Burkett on. And Burkett was like, I don't think they're going to fire him. You know, the Fords never really fire someone this early in a season. And he's right. Like, I, I don't think – you know, Marinelli didn't get fired till the very end, and he went 0-16, and Caldwell got fired at season end, and uh, Schwartz did too, if I remember correctly. Because Mariucci's and, the last one. Yeah, Mariucci, yeah. Whew. Um, and I, I think he does not fucking deserve anything good. And I'm not trying to say he's the devil incarnate, but, like, I was just sitting there at work thinking, like, this fucker's going to get fired. He's probably hoping in his head, I get fired in two weeks. I, you know, I take a week off and then Bill Belichick calls me and says, why don't you come sit in a sweet New England and see if you want to come back and, you know, be like a linebackers coach or, you know, defensive analyst, like you said, or, you know, he'll get fired and be a guest commentator for the Super Bowl, you know, the, the pregame era, the pregame show or some shit. He doesn't deserve that. Let him suffer like the Lions fans are suffering. Let him let him lose that locker room even more. Like, you know, as Brett said, he ran to Karrion Johnson. You know, I think you said that last week. Let let them dislike him even more because it, it could get way worse than it is. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's it's going to be bad. And I say that with – people can't obviously see me, but I have a giant smile on my face. Like, this is going to get really bad. Like, this is fine. I mean, these next two weeks <laughs> – it's going to, like, Arizona, they're going to do some nasty things to now, this team. And then you get New Orleans. Oof. If Michael Thomas isn't with New Orleans, it's going to be interesting. I don't think the Lions are going to win, but that's a game that they might be able to keep it close just because no, we no. haven't seen Drew Brees, like, be the Drew Brees of past. It's, it, I'm not saying Father Time's caught up to him yet. But they're not going to – they're not going to keep it close because they let Aaron Jones run for 250 yards. Oh. Imagine, imagine what Kamara's going to do. Best part, be best part of the game on Sunday was when it just got to the third quarter and the sideline reporter, I forget her name, was saying, Matt Patricia's really proud of his defense standing up to the challenge, and Aaron Jones busts out a 75-yard touchdown run the second she said that. I – I about had to go in the other room because I was laughing so hard. Like, that was yeah. just so fitting to hear Patricia say that. And then Aaron Jones just, just makes bust it a long easy. run. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. Then you come out of the bye and you get to play Gardner Minshew. And then you get to play Matt Ryan. So, oh. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. Dan Quinn might be fired before Matt Patricia. And I'd honestly, put- I think that might be the best possible outcome of all this, is that Quinn gets fired over the bye. And while they're hunting for a new GM, Patricia just sits there and flounders because he doesn't have his drinking buddy. Yeah. I think that might be the best possible outcome of everything, all the scenarios, you know, we've talked about. That's got to be, that's got to be the one that, that Lions fans are rooting for. Quinn gets fired. We have enough time to, we have enough time to find a guy who hopefully 
is actually competent. And, and then at the end of the season, we can tell Matt Patricia, don't let the, don't let the door, don't let the door hitch on the way out because the door would probably break. It fit through the door. (laughs) Big cat, big cat said it best on part of my take on Monday where he said like, he's like Bielaming. He's Bila, he's Bielama-ing. Very like each loss, he just keeps gaining weight with every loss. Like I'm a big guy too, so I'm not gonna like sit. No, I yeah, yeah no. As a, as another like, member of the big guy club, I'm not gonna like. It's kind of alarming. Like I look, I was googling pictures of him for the article, and I really I wanted to find that really big version of him, but I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna find one where he looks pissed off or annoyed. I'm not gonna go that far, but yeah, it's kind of alarming to see like from when he got hired to now. Yeah, he he doubled. It's like he's had too much Buddy's pizza or something. Yeah, it's like he's been. It's almost like he's been stooping on some couch or something in his office. He just like stoops and gains weight. That's all he does. He's a stoop kid. He, do, he says he doesn't leave his office. A stoop kid for me. Imagine what the couch. What like a fucking no, what a fucking pull, Brett. Holy no, because because this loser, he's on radio interviews saying, "Oh, I work nineteen hours a day," which is a total lie because no, there's no way. Lie. There's no, he might be at Allen Park 19 hours a day. He's not working. But, yeah, he, I compare him to the stoop kid. He just stoops. He doesn't really offer anything. He's just sitting there in a milk crate hanging out in front of his office. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so here's what we're going to do going forward, fellas. I don't want to dedicate any more time to this fucking team than I have to. So going forward after today, we're only gonna give we're only gonna give the Detroit Lions three minutes. Okay. We'll give them three minutes at the top of the show to talk about how bad they did or how they pulled or how they somehow pulled something out of their ass and now they're fucked out of getting Trevor Lawrence. And then we'll just move on with the rest of the show. Because there's too much shit coming up to continue to focus energy on these fucking clowns. Yeah, let, let's move on. Let, let's just let's let's going. move on. And before we move on, fellas, we sold out. <laughs> we sold out. We did it. Do 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 do. And fellas, we're brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools. For your family jewels, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best grooming tools for your grooming experience. You know, there have been times where I kind of let the jungle grow a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not seeing a lady. There's really no point. The only person who's going to be down there is me, and I don't care. But on the off occasions that... I do have a I do have a lady caller. I am fucking mortified because I just have this recurring nightmare where I take my razor and I'm down there and I'm going and clunk and I I cut my balls open. <laughs> that has been a long time fear of mine and I don't like it. But that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. 
The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. You're asking yourself, what's different? Here's what's different. Their third generation trimmer offers a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And fellas, when I tell you this is premium, it's premium. Brett and I got our perfect package 3.0s today. And let me tell you, it's the, it feels good in the hand. You know, it just, it just feels right. Like it should always be like I should have always had it. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. So, you know, if you're in the shower and you're kind of just going about your normal business, you can do a longer shave. The and, Clear out some brush. And it's also waterproof. So you can take it with you in the shower. You don't need to do the thing where you turn the water off and then you kind of do the thing and then you turn the water back on. You're all set. <laughs> One of the coolest features, I think, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise shave. So, you know, I personally am not into this. But if you want to do a little lightning bolt, maybe a runway, maybe you want to have a perfect V going from your chest pubes down to your ball throw, you know, however you get down. I don't judge. I'm a sex positive person. I lost my virginity in the eighth grade. I don't care. Get, get it how you live. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand here, guys. You know, I'm not a big fan of charging stands on mobile phones just because I like to watch TikTok at night. But on grooming accessories, if you have an electric grooming accessory, a toothbrush, a water pick, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, and it doesn't have a charging stand, throw that bitch in the trash because it's useless. You can show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me, to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself and get those balls cleaned up, fellas. Clean up your bacon bits. <laughs> Thanks to Manscaped, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BACON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BACON at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I feel like I need to take a break right now, but we're not <laughs> going to. We just took an ad break, technically. So weird to say that. So <laughs> let's, get into, let's get into some MSU football. So the Big Ten released their new conference-only schedule this weekend in the most annoying way possible. Dripped out over an hour on Big Noon Saturday. And as someone who is a devout college game day, uh, I don't know how I would call it, apostle. Follower, yeah. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts off the jump about Big Noon Saturday because I'm not going to lie. Having both Reggie and Matt in the lineup is pretty genius. What do you guys have? Do you guys, do you guys? I prefer it. I like Fox pregame shows, period. I think 
they're just better. Like they, the chemistry's better on the NFL show. And I really, you know, I love Urban Meyer on there just because it pisses off the Michigan fans, but he's actually pretty good. And like, he doesn't like bullshit. Like when MSU was bad last year, he's like, yeah, they're not good. Like, and it's kind of nice to hear that. Like is, is that's the masochistic part of me saying that, but I, I, I college game day is fun, but I think they kind of need to refresh it. And I, I, I think they're going to wait until something happens to Lee Corso and I don't want anything to happen to him, but I, it, it's going to be a while before I really take it, before I really go back to them. Well, the one thing I really enjoy about Big Noon Saturday is, like, Reggie just constantly tries to piss Urban Meyer off. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like, they were doing some rock band segment or whatever, and they pasted Urban Meyer onto, I think, Steven Tyler. Like, they Photoshopped his face onto Steven Tyler's body. And oh you could God. tell And you could tell Urban just wanted to, like, light his shit up. <laughs> Yeah, and he but, Urban had a good quote. I, I don't think it was on uh, this weekend, but I think it was on an interview yesterday or Sunday where they asked him kind of about running up the score in Michigan if he regrets it. He's like, absolutely not. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, so and he didn't. He he took his foot off the pedal that last game. He could have put up seventy plus. Yeah. So let's get into the schedule. Um, it's eight games. Um. All eight games are definitely going to be played, and MSU has a 12% positivity rate. So Uh I want to get your thoughts on this off the jump, because the way the Big Ten has arranged this schedule, if if a team has to stop practice for two weeks, they're essentially missing two games. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts off the jump on, you know, we're, they're essentially going to go, we're playing nine games, nine weeks, and we'll just see what happens. So I, what happens when Ohio State is, let's say Ohio State gets five games in, they're five, they're four, they're five and oh, right? And then in the West, let's say Minnesota somehow gets six games in, they're five and one. And Wisconsin only gets four games in, but they're four and oh. Who goes? Ohio State. Well, no, who goes from the West is what I'm asking. Oh, um, maybe Minnesota. Common opponents? Yeah, I'd say Minnesota. Just they, they got to play more games. And just that question alone kind of makes me think that if. If, they, if multiple teams have to postpone games, they might just call the season. So I don't, you know, I don't like to be all, you know, I kind of do sometimes, but, you know, I, being a doomsday sayer and, and all this stuff is, is just kind of unproductive at this point. We have a schedule. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. I think a good way to kind of break it down would be as if we all just pick it, pick our most interesting game that we want to see. And then we can just talk about it. And to prevent all three of us from picking the Michigan game, I'm going to throw us in a random name generator. So whoever gets first pick, will get to pick a game and then we'll just go like that. And then this will also determine the order for our draft that we're going to have later. So here we go. All right. Brett, me, and then Lucas. 
Brett, what game on, on Michigan State's eight-game schedule are you most look, looking forward to seeing? I'm going to go kind of off the board a little bit. I want to see them versus Indiana. Um, are you I fucking take- kidding me? No, I was gonna. Be, I was. I was based. I was essentially counting on not being number one, and I was gonna go. Oh, okay. I'll take Indiana. No, I think <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be the, almost the best barometer of where this program's kind of at in this weird year. Uh, Rutgers. I. I mean, it's whatever. It's almost like an exhibition game. Uh, the next two, you get Michigan, Iowa. Don't really. I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to those, but I really think Indiana is gonna be the one telltale because that's when Michigan State should be in a kind of groove where they can really be at full systems go on offense and defense. It usually takes a few weeks to get uh, schemes implemented the way, the way you want it for game day. So I, and I think really think Indiana, that talent level on their team is most equivalent to ours uh, of all the teams in the big 10. So I'm really looking forward to that game. Obviously we had a great game with them last year, Indiana, they're returning a, a pretty decent team. Uh, that program's on the, on the up, but I think that's going to be kind of a turning point for this program. Uh, trying to get back to relevancy. Uh, that that's me. That's the one that I'm really looking forward to. And it falls in between uh, Iowa and Maryland. So you really kind of want to flip the script and get a, a win there. Cause I think that could propel you to uh, winning a few more down the stretch, particularly Maryland and then Northwestern. Yeah, I think, I think Indiana kind of, reminds me of Michigan State in the early 2010s. You know, they're they're a team who is scrappy, who just is kind of who is kind of waiting in the wings to kind of have a breakout season and you know, I a lot of the a lot of the quote unquote smart guys who pay attention to college football say that Indiana's the most primed to have a breakout season. You know, the most important piece they're returning is quarterback Marcus Penix Jr. And this guy, he's a stud. He is he is straight up, no contest, a fucking stud. He had like what, twenty straight completions last year? Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, the prevent defense. Yeah, just absolutely you? absolutely ridiculous. I was Tom, there. That was a, such a stressful game. Tom Allen, Tom Allen as a coach, I can see him taking up the disrespect mental metal, uh, mantle from D'Antonio. Yeah. Uh, he's just a guy who is, I would call it annoying. Uh, he doesn't, his game plan is what are your weaknesses? We're just going to hit them until you fix it. And if you have a coach who doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> they're just going to keep going like we did last year. Yep. And, you know, it's too bad we're not going to get any non-Windiana talk this year because I really think that this would be the year to do it. But, yeah, I, I like I said, Brett, like I was almost counting to not be number one so I could do the, I could do the smart guy kind of thing and take, and take Indiana so we can talk about it. But uh, my second pick, I have to do it. You know, I you know I had to do it to him. Uh, I'm taking, I'm taking the Michigan game. Uh, I'm really intrigued know, by that game. I agree. I agree with our friend Big Sab. You know, he's been saying it for since the schedule got released on Saturday. Uh, it's it's going to be the best possible draw we had was getting Michigan early because they have a lot to they have a lot to figure out. Uh, they have a guy who is 
potentially Cam Newton, but we're going to temper expectations and say he's 2005 Vince Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, they lost a lot of pieces on defense. Um, they, lost a, they lost a pretty big – they lost a couple big pieces of their offensive line. Uh, you know, they're going to be running essentially the same system as last year. But like I said, we're instead of going with McCaffrey, who actually has some game snaps, they're going with the guy who has had, who's had substantially less. And it'll be interesting. No. And they're going to be coming off a tough first game against, against Minnesota. Minnesota is going to get up for that. And I think it's a scenario where, you know, anything can, anything can happen. And, you know, Matt and Will talked about it today. Today I'm mocked on Spartans. You know, it's the Rutgers game is kind of a trap because if you win, you're, you're like, what do you fucking do? You beat Rutgers. But if you lose, the sky is falling. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and what happens going into this game. And, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not big into spirituality or anything, but it's also on Halloween. So, you know, it's just everything, everything is kind of shaping up for this to be a weird game. It's going to have a weird ending that whoever loses is going to put an asterisk next to. Oh, one program would. Well, yeah. The other one's going to hang a banner. Yeah, the other program, one program's going to build a statue of their coach on campus. The other one is, the other one, if they lose, is going to build, is going to put an asterisk next to it and be annoying on Twitter for the next six months. Yeah. No, I, SD, I think you really nailed it as well as what Sav said. I think catching Michigan at that time, I really think the schedule makers in the Big Ten, they definitely took into account more factors than just trying to make sure everyone had eight opponents. I definitely think there was some Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do think that the programs who kind of just uh, kept their mouths shut and just accepted things as they went on. I, in, in school presidents as well, not talking to the media behind their backs. I really think that played a part like getting Michigan after Minnesota, which I mean, that's, that's, that's a heavyweight matchup. So obviously yeah. Michigan win or lose, they're going to be coming off of really brutal game then we're coming off Rutgers which I mean we should win by how many that's up to whoever to decide but I really think that like in I think it does help catching Michigan uh, Halloween uh, obviously the weather is going to be a little bit uh, different than it would be obviously September where you might have ideal weather for Michigan to just kind of run up the score like they did last year but catching them in potential situation where it's going to be freezing cold um rainy, windy, you know, all the elements that only Michigan State has to deal with, or only that Michigan has to deal with and Michigan State doesn't, uh, kind of like 2017. I think that that definitely plays into our advantage, whether we can win that game or not. I think it's going to be just you kind of fight for 60 minutes and see what happens. But yeah. I, that, that's going to be a great game. That's, that's, that's the one I wanted to pick if I was first or second. But, yeah, I'm – I'm really interested to see the you know we we make fun of them all the time you know it was like I listed it a long time ago Tate Forsey, Denard Robinson, um, Stephen Three, oh, Devin Gardner, and then all the Harbaugh guys. 
I'm not going to go through all the Harbaugh guys because it's one every fucking year. But, like, you know, Joe Milton, when they said, you know, he's like Cam Newton and one of the receivers is um, – oh, shit, I forget who. Sam Webb had a gem today saying one of the receivers is like DeAndre Hopkins or someone. Deshaun and, Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Thank you. It's it's the perfect time to get Michigan. Obviously, the more perfect time would have been the first game because then, like, you really have the rust, and that could make them panic. But I don't know. I was going to pick Maryland because, like, I until I saw that Northwestern's a 17-point favorite over them to start the year. So that game might not be as dangerous as I thought it was. And I'm picking the Rutgers game. And I know it's going to probably be an easy win, but – I want to see. I want to see this team. Like I'm, I'm so intrigued for a season opener for the first time since the since Mark Antonio's first game, and it's like we have the keys to this this store, this keys to this cabinet that we can't open until October 24th, and we finally get to open it and see what's in there. And I'm I'm really intrigued to see what's going to be different. Like you know, Will was like Will's. Um, Will's Scott Bell like email uh, newsletter. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, don't I'm do that boy, Will. No, Will's newsletter I was reading today and, you know, talking about building an offense around Rocky. And I, I'm just really curious to see if Tucker and the, and the boys can, can make do with what they, what they have there. And I don't think the cupboard's bare, bare. It's not as great as it could have been, but I'm not going to bash college recruits. Um, so it's it's the Rutgers game for me. I'm I'm ready to see MSU again, like we all are. But I'm really interested to see what they're going to look like out of the gate. Yeah, because yeah. I think this game will be will set the tone for the rest of the year, win or lose. Yeah, and I don't think the cupboard is as bare as some people make it out to be. No, because I mean the roster going into last year, they were expected to have one of their better defenses under Mark D'Antonio. Obviously, they lost a, a couple key pieces there, but I mean they have some really talented guys. And now they're actually being coached by one of the best D coordinators in college football, who is getting some odd NFL looks. Obviously I, I think the offensive line is going to be the most improved unit we've seen from one year to the next, just with under coach cap. We saw the same thing under Colorado where they went from, I think one twenty seventh ranked to top uh, 35. So I really yeah. think they're going to make a substantial jump there, which obviously helps to run game. So, I mean, I don't think that this roster is as bare as, uh, sometimes our fan base makes it out to be um, quarterback situation. There is some talk that it's not going to be Rocky. There's been some rumors that Theo Day or uh, Peyton Thorne. So we'll see there, but I'm excited to see this team. I think that they're going to be a little bit more interesting than originally thought. Yeah. I wouldn't say the cupboards bare, like you said, like unknowns, like there's just so many question marks because the talent's always there. Mark Antonio as much as we don't like how he left, he could build talent. You know, you look at all the two and three stars that he brought in that are in the NFL today. So I think that Rutgers game is just so intriguing on so many levels, A, because they think they're going to kick our ass. And the the Rutgers fan, fan singular on the message boards is saying how much he hates MSU. And I think it's just – it's right to be – I hope they beat – I mean, obviously I hope they beat the shit out of them, but it's going to be a very intriguing game if they keep it close or if MSU loses, then, oh, boy, it's it's going to be – like Matt said today, it's, it's going to be a big yikes. Yeah, I 
I, I was just about to say, Brad, I was going to say the same thing you did when we kind of talked over each other, you know. I don't think it's necessarily a case of the cupboard being bare. I just think that a lot of the guys there are raw and inexperienced and not having, not having a normal offseason. Um, even before the pandemic, it wasn't going to be a normal offseason uh, program to kind of get to know Tucker and his system and the place he was going to run that kind of, that kind of changes everything a little bit. And, and I, you know, I, I think that, I think that Rutgers is going to be a nice little, is going to be a nice little, okay, what you got a nice little early, like heat check from Mel Tucker. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's incredibly easy to go up in front of a podium and say the right things and, you know, ingratiate yourself to the players and, you know, talk to Rex Chapman over Instagram live, but you know, the rubber is going to finally meet the road and it's going to be really, really cool to see, you know, how, what this team looks like in year one, you know, I don't think back when the big 10 was going to have a 10 game conference only schedule, you know, we said, um, we weren't expecting we weren't expecting a ton out of out of out of this team in year one, and you know, looking at the schedule now, I think that five hundred is definitely obtainable. You know, I I don't know if that's just like some weird fucking self flatulation, you know, fucking whipping myself in the back like that pale dude from the Da Vinci Code kind of kind of thing I'm doing to myself, but. I don't know. I, I look at, I look at who we got and you know, there are three games that are, that should be gimmies. And then, yep. and then I don't, all we got to do is win one out of the other. All we got to do is win one out of the other five. Indiana and Michigan could be the toss ups right now. I, I'm going to discount Iowa because even though Iowa city is, it's still Iowa city, even though there's no fans in the stands or unless Iowa's was going to be stupid enough to let them show up. I'm not going to count that as a win unless Iowa looks like complete asshole at the first two games. So I could see three and five. I see three and five easily, but yeah, you're starting to convince me four and four is, is obtainable. And then even that ninth game, it depends who you play. I mean, if you get like a team like right. Purdue, yeah, I mean, you just, you really don't know, but I do think four wins is definitely, I think that should be the goal regardless if you play eight or nine games. I yeah. mean, we play, we play Iowa the Saturday after the election. So, you know, Kirk, depending on what mood Kirk Ferentz is in, we might be able to catch him, you know, depending on who wins the election. Maybe he's a little downtrodden and upset, and he just – we catch him, you know. Uh, you know, maybe he's like, oh, fuck, who's going to make America great? <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, some of the players on his team might be a little upset too. Yeah, some players on Michigan State might be upset too, just based on who our alumni are in our linebacking oh, court. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry I even brought that up. No, <laughs> thank you. Thank, well, by the way, thank you, Lucy, for coming on the pod. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you, you Lucy. very much. Yeah, thank you, Lucy. <laughs> um, that bit's dead. She responded. So. Yeah, she didn't fucking respond to me, but whatever. Like, she must have me muted or something. I, I don't know why I got a response. It's crazy. I, I, that is Whatever. insane that I got a response. 
Whatever. Let's keep it going. Sir Yacht, come on the pod. Mm. I want for every person who retweets, who tweets, uh, Sir Yacht, come on the pod. If he comes on the pod, I'll tell you the name of Zanjo's girlfriend. That's only <laughs> if he comes on the pod. We're really going to need a third co-host after. <laughs> I've, been, I've been letting the brook today. I don't even, I don't even care. Uh, so I, I think uh, you may have a family member that wants to come on the pod. <laughs> uh, Sean, listen, all I want to do is treat your sister with respect. That's all I want to do. I want to take her out to a nice Italian dinner. I want to have a nice bottle of Riesling with her. And then I'll, and then I'll walk her home. And then that'll be that. That's it. Applebee's two for 22. Oh, yeah. Dollar, dollar Sour Patch Margaritas or whatever the fuck they got there now. Oh, take her to Red Lobster and introduce yeah. her to the... Uh, Dugarita. Exactly. We'll, have some, we'll have some Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I don't know if that's the best example. Because Beyonce definitely has a lyric about taking somebody to Red Lobster. I'd be good if I take him to Red Lobster. I'm not going to sing it, but Red Lobster leads to other things. Sorry, Sean. Dip, dip your Cheddar Bay Biscuits in the Dugarita for, to make them slap. For maximum effectiveness. Yeah. Uh, I'll, get the, I'll get the Dugarita made with Terramana tequila. Just mixing, <laughs> mixing references here. So uh, if I had to put a gun to your head, both of your heads, uh, MSU goes what in 2020? Lucas? Uh, three and five. Are we counting the ninth game? Uh, I mean, if you want. I'll go four. Five, and four. five, five and four. Um, I'll probably go two and one, and then the season's going to get canceled. <laughs> hey, they might, Jim Harbaugh might have a meltdown if we beat them. 2-0 after Michigan, then the season gets canceled. Prince That's all I need. That's we'll all I need. the national championship. Give, give Tucker the deal that Kentucky gave Calipari, and let's, let's roll, baby. That's... Oh, if, you, if UCF fans thought that they claimed a national championship, if we go 2-0 <laughs> and the season's canceled, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there will be some T-shirts. We're a media outlet, so we can claim them, the Bacon Wire – 2020 national champions. Oh. We, we need an AP vote. <laughs> Let's get credentialed for the football games first and then yeah. we'll talk about and then we'll talk about getting AP votes. Then Heisman voting. Okay, we'll we'll work in baby steps. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get there. I'm going to get an email from the AP. Yeah, we're not going to give you a vote because we're afraid you're going to turn you're going to turn the ballot back in. It's going to be stained with semen. So you guys don't get a vote. <laughs> It's going to be an article about it. Yeah. Uh, I jerked off on an AP ballot. <laughs> um, oh. All right. So we have a ranking for, for you fine folks. Hell yeah. Today. Uh, you know, who doesn't love a good meme? And who doesn't love when a audio format ranks visual ranks visual things so we're gonna rank the top five memes so it's gonna be a snake draft it's gonna be draft style so if a meme is taken it's off the board all right and we're gonna go 
we're going to go the same order. Brett, me, and then Lucas. Sounds good. So, Brett, your first pick, top mean. I've said to my friends in confidence that if there was a time machine for our generation, this would be the first thing I put in the time machine. It would be the crying Jordan meme. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. That's good. The, the, the crying Jordan is it's the rare meme that like transcended that lived way longer than it should have. It transcended its lifespan. Um, so I just, I, uh, anything else on the crying Jordan, Brett? No, it, it's just perfect. Where the hell just, did that picture come from? I'm trying to remember. His hall, of, his hall of Fame induction. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And I, then at Kobe's memorial, he was crying again. He's like, Kobe, I can't believe you're going to make me into a meme. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, that's my least favorite thing is like when people who become memes become self-aware that they're a meme. Tell me why so. Yeah, it 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 ruins the it ruins like the wholesomeness. I mean, it's is it wholesome if we're making fun of somebody? I don't know. No, but but um, I just threatened to dox this guy's girlfriend, so I feel like I have to get back and do his good graces. Uh, with my first pick, I'm taking the I am snacking girl. <laughs> oh, Cheetos, Pringles, ramen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> French fries, chicken, nuggets. <laughs> All right. Mm. That's that's enough. That's enough for that. Don't worry, he'll post it like five times Thursday after he fucking hears this. I know. He he absolutely will. Uh Lucas, you get two back to back. Okay, I'm dipping into the bag a little bit because I'm you know, I've got ten, almost 10 years on you, Spartan Ogden. Brett, I've got, what, five or six on you. Or I, I, I don't know how old you are. I don't know. I'm not trying to age you. But, <laughs> like, mine, I went. How old are you? We could both get it in, kid. I'm 30. <laughs> yes, bud. What are your measurements? <laughs> I, I went by the memes that have made me laugh the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. And number one for me is Keyboard Cat. I fucking love Keyboard Cat, and it's the it's so fucking stupid. But the first time I saw it was when someone used it, like they had their cat warming up in uh, walk, the Walker Texas Ranger clip where Haley Joel Osment says, "Walker told me I have AIDS," and then they just play him off the piano. And, like I saw so many picture memes of it. That's my number one. Like that's I, I pissed myself laughing when I first heard, saw it. Uh, so. Um, breaking news. Uh, I posted a poll about whether or not I have to watch and then blog about this HBO show called Coastal Elites, which is a socially distance produced satire about the pandemic. Ugh. And fucking, I was winning. I was winning. I was up 51-49 with two hours to go. I voted no. And then fucking Sean, Sean Dwyer, this month, God damn you, Sean, you put it over the edge. I lost 53-48, so now I got to watch fucking Bette Midler fucking bitch about Trump and fucking, fuck you, Sean. <laughs> fuck you so hard, man. Sad. 
right. What's my next pick? My next pick is my next pick is me is me explaining all the ways I'm going to be respectful to Sean's sister. <laughs> um, okay. It's just it's just a meme, uh, but you know for all the all the like all the mental pain I've caused Sean by saying how well I'm going to treat his sister, which for some reason he gets upset about. I'm not even being disrespectful. Right? Have I ever been untowards towards Sean's no. sister? Towards Caitlin Dwyer? Have I ever been untowards? He's just being a big no. Yeah, he's being a dick about it. And then he has the he has the gall to signal boost a poll I was winning and shift the tie, you fucking Russian bot. Fuck you. <laughs> Russian bots have better grammar. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh okay so so yeah that's my second pick me being me explaining all the ways i'm gonna treat i'm gonna treat sean's sister like a princess <laughs> brett back to back wait i didn't pick a second meme oh you didn't pick a second no meme. that's my um, bad no it's okay um my other one is going to be Um, it is, why was this taken? Is it real? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, my second favorite meme is probably, it's a little darker, but I really thought the Harambe memes were hilarious when that, when he got, um, rest in peace, Harambe. But there were some of them I about, like, again, I pissed myself laughing, like the one where they photoshopped him to look like a Metal Gear Solid character, like, uh, fallen Harambe or um, tortured Harambe, like and you know early part of my take where PFT would mention it every fucking episode, and Big Cat kind of latched onto it. That's another earlier meme compared to like all the ones that we've had for just 2020. But those are my one and two right now. You can't really beat a great Harambe meme. No, I mean that was like. That went on for a good year. I mean, I think he finished third in presidential uh, polling as well. <laughs> Off of a meme. But with my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, the Spider-Man pointing. He's pointing at the other Spider-Man. I always think that one just makes me laugh. The two, um, two Spider-Man. It's even better when they Photoshop like eight and they're all pointing at each other in a circle. Yeah. I love that one. Um... Man, there's so many good ones, but I'm going to have to go with the mock. I'm going to go, no, the evil Kermit, where Kermit's got, like, the hoodie on. He's, like, looking at himself. That, that's my, yeah, that, I'm going to go with that one. That's a good one. Oh, um, evil Kermit? Yeah. For my, my, third, my third pick for top meme is uh, going to be The Rock going, shut up, bitch! <laughs> I, yeah, you like to tweet that one. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's multifaceted, you know, it's, it's got endless uses. There's, I could, I could use it in almost any situation for any reason. I could use it seriously. I could use it sarcastically. It's the Swiss army knife of memes, you know, truly. Yeah. All right, Lucas, back to back. Oh, fuck. I'm Three and four. I was going to say Zanjo's cat, but no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's just fucking hilarious. 
Hmm. I'm going to go with the Tom Hanks whelp face at the Golden Globes. That is great. I think it was this past Golden Globes. I could be wrong. But um, I forget what – I think it was Ricky – I don't know. Whoever the Golden Globes host was made, like, just some off-color joke, and they just cut to Tom Hanks at the perfect time, and an instant meme was born. And I laugh at almost every single Tom Hanks welt face. And who doesn't love Tom Hanks? So that's part of it, too. He's like our dad. He's like America's dad. And when he when he gets to become uh, embedded in meme culture like that forever, makes it even better. So that's my number three. Oh, fuck. My number four. I'm going to say, hmm. I'm going to say Simpsons memes. Unless I. Just in general? You're just going to take. I have to be specific, then I'll change it. What you froze up on me? Um, I'll, I'm trying to decide whether or not I want you to be specific because I'm trying to think. Because I'm trying to think like if another one of mine gets taken, if my number okay, five I somehow gets taken, then I won't do I'll that. Then I'll do um I'll do distracted boyfriend. Okay, that's distracted boyfriend is a good one. Yeah, We've I'll had some fun with that one. For the ranking, I'll 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 nix it. We've had some fun with that one, especially with BB looking from uh, his wife to spreadsheet. That's like that's like sixty. That's like sixty percent of memes is like, do I want this one thing? No, I want this thing. Like that's sixty percent of all memes. You know, that's like the car like Tokyo drifting off the exit. That's like the Drake like looking away and then like pointing yes meme. That's like that's over half of all memes is just like. Fuck that thing. I want this thing. So my number four, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, say the line, Bart. It's like the three (laughs) panel and you can just Photoshop it however you want. I made one for Bill Simmons. Oh, that was so good. When the Clippers lost in game seven and it was like, say the line, Bill. And I photoshopped Bill Simmons' face over over Bart, and I was like, "House, are we sure Doc Rivers is good?" <laughs> and then it zooms out, and Bart's looking all depressed, and like the class is going nuts. Iconic episode too. Love that one. It just it's you know it just it's so like I said it's versatile, and you know yep. you can change it up however you want. <laughs> Brett, your last two you got back to back. I'm gonna go with. Stephen A. Smith probably has like 15 of them I could use, but one of my favorites is the, I'm going to let you know right now, we don't care. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. I love using, you can use, like SD, like you said, that's versatile. You can use that serious, you're mocking somebody, whatnot. And then my fifth one, I'm, this is definitely just very specific to MSU Twitter. It's got to be uh, Sponge Brendan's avatar, just like SpongeBob <laughs> with like the limp wrist. Because if you see that on the timeline, you know something toxic is happening, and like, it's going it just, down. It, 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 it's historic in MSU Twitter. So that that I gotta put. I, that's definitely on my list. It well, just makes me so happy. If we're pandering to MSU Twitter, then I have to fire back with a resounding, good old fashioned. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's uh, gotten people so irritated. It's fallen out of favor. 
Um, people have caught on. We've had to retire it. But I don't know. I think if nobody tells any Michigan fans, we might be able to bring it back in limited supply. But don't overuse it again. Otherwise, we have to it's just, it. yeah, we got to, you know, we got to ration it. You know, it's like, uh, it's like oil in the 70s, you know. <laughs> Everyone only gets five sounds goods a week. That's it. We can definitely – there's definitely some times that it, it can be used. Right? Yeah. We, uh, we kind of went buck wild for a minute and, like, we had to peel back. But now I think, now I think it's prime for – you know, memes make comebacks all the time. You know, and it's just – it comes in under different circumstances. I just think we need to – we need to chill out. Lucas, your last pick, and then we'll, and then we'll shout out some honorable mentions. My last pick, just because it's gotten me so much, uh, many, so many impressions on Twitter. Shout out to Chad Latz, and <laughs> you know, sixty thousand people have seen it. Is the fedora hat guy tipping the hat? That's such a good meme without like any real description either. Like you can use that one without really adding any text to it. But I'm just gonna put fedora guy in there because that one I've seen for the last what, twelve, thirteen years, and. Like I think I saw a picture of him recently, and it's like, it's a classic. It's a classic one, and because of all the the millions of people who've seen my my meme of Matt Patricia pretending he's Matt Patricia, I'm uh, I'm putting him my number five to close out this this draft. That's a great one. Yeah, it's just such like, it's such like a good early internet meme that has come yeah. back around under a different context. So, um, does anyone have any Lucas? We'll start. We'll just go. We'll just go back around. Any honorable mentions for you? Well, I I I should have put this one up instead of Fedora guy, but I kind of consider a meme since I saw like a pic. You know, Draymond was used with it, and like it's kind of interchangeable. Is when I first saw, I think it was Ryan or Tim that I showed you my penis, please respond. <laughs> I had to go in the bathroom. I was laughing so hard in bed. I was shaking the bed laughing. And I had I like a half hour I was laughing. So <laughs> the Henson one. <laughs> yeah, the Henson one and like, you know, the like Draymond Green, I think we did it to for Zanjo. <laughs> like that's we my that's my Trisha. number one um, honorable mention. <laughs> uh, I have a few. Uh Brett, you talked about Stephen A. Smith. I love, uh, I love that his first move as president was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> it's just like the way he delivered, like the that emphasis he put on crack is so funny. Like it was like a, it's like he was in like a '40s courtroom, and it was like his killer piece of evidence he's just introducing right now. <laughs> right, it's so good, and then. Uh, I also I also love like the big muscular like Doge and then like the little tiny Doge ones where it was like the one I I see all the time is like conservatives and like the muscular Doge is like all like tatted and like Trump logos and the NRA logo and it was like yeah gun trucks freedom America patriot and then it's like also <laughs> conservatives and it's the little smush Doge and he's crying and he's like facey basky hurdy. <laughs> it's like that's always a classic it's just it's kind of a spin on like the virgin x and the chad y but it's still it's still so good 
Brett, do you have any runners up before we, uh, before we bring it home? Yeah, I'm going to have to go – oh, man, there's – I'm going to go Kermit T. We're just sipping the tea. Like, that's none of my business. And then Yoda and his soup, the baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, the baby Yoda. Baby Yoda – Baby Yodas were great. Baby Yoda memes were great until Facebook ants caught on. And they have been insufferable ever since. Um, Once it gets to Facebook, it's done. Yeah. And and it sucks that, you know, Baby Yoda is still cute. And I'm still looking forward to season two of The Mandalorian. But I know I'm going to have like 15 minutes of this meme being funny before like my, before my aunt finds it and then makes it like, when you run out of wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just like, when your husband won't pick up his dirty socks. Like, oh, God. Ugh. Or like, when you need that morning cup of coffee to start the day. <laughs> An- another one for me would be um, the deal with it. Like, that's an early internet one. But like, you know, the gifts of the sunglasses coming down. When when done well, it's it was overused, but when done well, it was pretty fucking funny or like timely on Twitter. Like I think I even saw John Kirby use it a couple weeks ago, <laughs> trying to bring it back. But I got to shout out that one and the Galaxy Brain memes are pretty funny too. Um, I love the I love the deep fried you just lost to memes. Oh like, yeah, you go into a sports team and it's just Tony like. D. Yeah, and it's like you just lost – well, our friend LGRW40, shout out to you, uh, when he does like that, you just lost to Chris Castellini's favorite team. I always get a kick out of that. Uh, one more Michigan State one, just one more wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a shame none of us drafted you – know, you know what I got to say to none of us drafting wow? Wow. 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 Well, wow. Uh, do I have any more real quick? Or, uh, hmm. All right. I, I think we're, we're beating a dead horse. Both yeah, we're done. We're done. So, uh, fellas, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk next week. Uh, we have, we're bringing the drunk mail back, back, drunk mail bag back, folks. Um, look out pretty soon we're going to tweet the call to action to send us some questions uh, right now it's us three and we have my turd stud Carter coming on and then, uh, I, I would like to mention I was going to draft I was going to draft a certain kind of meme that's exclusive to MSU Twitter but then I'd have to censor it and then it just yeah but like if you it's like a it's like if you know you know you know we can both get it in kid uh it'd be a fun editing trip what are your what are your measurements bud uh it's it's so good uh all right lucas brett i'll talk to you guys next week fellas go green go white go sponge that's fun baby
So stay, all you have to do is play.